1: It's week seven of the Ball with the Beast podcast, presented by our good friends at White Insurance Services. Last week, it was moving week, moving down for me in the
2: big. Uh, uh, moving week. Game, game, moving game week
1: back. We got these two are tied, and I'm a game back. I have to make a move this week.
0: Yeah. All I know is I would be in the lead if, but we'll leave it at that. yeah don't you can't blame Wilcox anymore I got I I I, man I took the uh took the gamble with A&M and uh Max Johnson and the crew did not bail me out actually Uh, we'll blame that one on Jim Sam
1: Pittman and KJ Jefferson once shame on you (laughs) taking them twice that's shame on me so it's a smacking my hand after that one never again
0: it's your fault yeah
1: well I call the hogs um you look back at last week, and that Ole Miss-Arkansas game was a pretty entertaining game. Obviously, uh, A&M and, and Alabama was an entertaining game. Um, yeah. Let's specifically start about A&M and Alabama. That's a, a game where, you know, Mill Road just makes just enough plays and Alabama is really good on defense that Alabama will be a tough out. Now, again, they're, they're way more human than they've been, but at the same time, they're still really solid.
0: Yeah, if you're a And M, you're kind of you wake up Sunday morning and you just have to be thinking, what if you go into halftime with the lead, um, and then Milrow has the big third quarter with um, you know connects on two touchdown passes with um, with Burton and Max Johnson just couldn't you know they got the field goal in the fourth quarter, but they couldn't find the end zone is what they really needed to to tie it up before the safety at the end of the game and 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 you know. Uh, I thought he showed his youth there a little bit, Uh, but um, A&M just, I think you do have to credit Alabama. I'm trying not to here. I'm I'm trying not to be that guy, but you do have to credit Milrow and and Alabama for getting one out Um, and and their passing game was obviously fantastic. Uh, What was crazy. They ended up with something like, was it like 30 rushing yards or something Alabama ended up with, which, which tells you just how good A&M's front is, but also that Alabama just lacks, a star in, at tailback, which we've just become so accustomed to. So uh, that one definitely uh, caught my eye and, and was a was a great way to, to end that game. Uh, but, yeah, the Ole Miss game, uh, Arkansas game, Ole Miss happened to score, I think, 10 points in the fourth quarter to, to come back and win. That was wild and crazy. I did not expect that. Lane Kiffin, man, he just doesn't he just doesn't want to do it the you know expected way. You think they should blow out Arkansas, and now they have to claw back to win that one. So I, I thought it was a fun weekend in the, in the league for sure. In the uh, category for
1: things you don't see a lot, LSU is bad on defense. I mean, I, you would think changes are coming there, Brent. I mean, they allow 39. Yeah, it's, they're on the road, but still, like they've given up a ton of points this year uh, for a, a unit that you know traditionally is one of the best in the league
2: and most athletic and, and disruptive in the league. Well, I mean, the the biggest thing that's the most surprising thing for them is just how lost they look in the secondary right now. I mean, that's a program that they've been good at the DB position for so long. They've taken transfers the last couple of years. They haven't found it. They haven't figured it out. And and there's a lot of confusion and and they they look pretty lost in, in the secondary. I don't think their pass rush is as great as it's been in years past, but um, man, they got turned every which way but loose, it, it felt like, in that secondary. But, you know, the good news for them is they've got the – you can make the case he's the best player in the country right now. He's certainly the most valuable player in the country in Jaden Daniels uh, at, at quarterback. And um, LSU feels like they've got to score every possession, and they essentially did in the second half, which is why they won that football game. So, uh, big win for LSU disappointment for Missouri the stage is set for you there to be unbeaten going into Kentucky. You got your biggest home game you've had, you sell it out. You got a lot of people there and you just the, you know, don't, don't go well. Same for a and M, you know, I mean, you get six sacks and Alabama has 13 or 14 penalties and you don't win that football game, Blew, you know, and, and then Lane Kiffin, I mean, they played poorly. I mean, and he, i mean—you could tell it in his post-game interview. It was like, "We were bad, and we were just fortunate to get out of here with a win," which tells you probably more about where Arkansas is right now than it is about where Ole Miss is right now. And of course, Georgia went all Denny Green on Kentucky and said, "You're
1: exactly who we thought you were."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Carson Beck obviously had a career day. I'm just the Bowers kid is awesome. He's terrific. Is he the best player in the SEC? Is that no, a fair question to ask? Is he game the game best player game. in the SEC? Yeah. Not MVP. Not MVP. But is he the best player? Is he the most talented, most gifted kid in the SEC? I still wouldn't call him. I think mean, he's great. I mean, he's,
1: he's – Who do you base. put in front of him? I just think it's hard to put a tight end as the,
2: the, the best player in the league. Who's better? I just, I just, That's but, right. I just That's him.
0: right.
1: But
2: but here's, here's the thing about – I mean – Here's my heart. The argument with that, I think it's hard to do those and not factor in the MVP category. Okay, and what I mean by that is, if you take Brock Bowers off that lineup at Georgia, they can still win football games. They
0: can still be undefeated.
2: If Jaden Daniels they
0: would have lost to Auburn last week, if Jayden, they're not, they're not
2: maybe, winning that
1: game. Maybe. maybe.
2: If, if Jaden Daniels is not playing for LSU, they're, they're a they're a two and whatever, or, you know, I mean, they beat McNeese state or whoever they played week, Louisiana, whatever. And, and that may be their only win of the year with, with without Jaden Daniels. It was my issue. It was my whole thing with Bryce young too. Like, you know, was Bryce young, the best quarterback? I mean, was, he the best player. Was he this, he was the most valuable player. And for me, the most valuable generally is going to get the best vote. Maybe not most talented guy all the time, I think Brock Bowers is terrific. I, I do. Um, but I, I don't know I, I don't know that I'm drafting him ahead of Jaden Daniels
0: if I'm putting a football team together. So you're saying you do Jaden Daniels, MVP, Brock Bowers, Offensive Player of the Year? Sure. I'd go with that. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. I would go with that. I, I'll agree on the MVP case for Jaden. I, I, I don't know, but I just think the Brock I, – I don't. Well, I think he's spectacular.
1: I mean, there's no – I mean, I, I didn't know hate on him. I'm just saying – No, sure. I yeah. mean, like, I just think it's hard to make a tight end, you know, what you're wanting to make. Like, no, like, I, I, no,
0: I don't – And I, and mean, I look, the I listen. I think, player, Andre,
1: but, Andre there on, we're eight minutes into this thing. We're not got to this week's game. We're talking about Brock Bowers. Little, little national guys, and they all have him in the top three in the Heisman candidate. Now, again, oh. it's October, you know – Eleventh or whatever it is. I mean, it's or you know, it, it's it's way too early to start talking about a lot of that.
2: But let's get to the action.
0: Okay, I'm, I, I, can, want to end I end can
2: continue this debate, but you're ready to move on. Yeah, so I'm ready, ready. I'm ready, ready to, to keep. It. You know,
0: okay. I, here's my, right. my last my last little thing uh, on this is I agree on the MVP thing, but when it comes to just best player, I, I don't I, I don't think that Jaden Daniels is a better football player than Brock Bowers. I think Brock Bowers does things that no one else in the league or country can do. And but I what, think Jaden. What is that? I mean, what? I mean, he's 6'5, 250 pounds, and can go 60 yards. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, oh, I. Get,
2: not, Hub's no, not impressed. Not no, impressed. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, I'm amazed that he's that good because he's not the first. I mean, Darnell Washington, who played there a year ago, was, was bigger and could have done. A lot of the things that he did, we've seen other tight ends. I mean, he runs – Brock Bowers runs well. He runs like a wide receiver. I, I I would give you that. But it's amazing to me that he gets open and they can continue to get him open when everybody knows on third down he's getting the football. That's my point. That's true. How
0: does that happen? Do uh, you know, I 100% agree. The Auburn game, how they didn't – I mean, it's coming him, him. safety and linebacker the, the whole second half. That's I, I didn't get that. I mean, you just let them wide open all down the middle of the field, that game-winning drive. Okay, I rest. I digress, AP. Now we can. All right, Florida makes the trip to Columbia
1: to take on South Carolina. And what I think is a loser-doesn't-go-bowling game. Like, oh. I think the, the, the winner of this game, I think, has a real shot at going bowling. The loser, I think, it will be near impossible for them to go to a bowl unless they upset a few down the stretch. So – Um, I I think this is a a really interesting matchup and, um, you know, I mean, this is a South Carolina team that really needs to get the win at home.
0: Yeah. They're, they're reeling after, you know, losing to Tennessee and then, um, losing at home to to Georgia before that. Um, you know, with Florida, I I think, you know, they had the win against Vanderbilt after losing to Kentucky. What, What I think will be the difference here. I think, uh, Florida's ground game, obviously, uh, The Etn Kid and Montreal Johnson, uh, if they can show up and they can control the game, uh, I I I lean towards Florida because of that. Uh, I looked up some of the stuff on South Carolina. You take away that seventy-five yard touchdown run against Tennessee, and their running game is virtually non-existent, non-existent, so one-dimensional. And look, I, I am not on the um not on the Graham Mertz train. I think he is a game manager at best. Uh, but but I think that could probably beat South Carolina, even at home, just because that Florida can control the tempo, can, can can pound it out on the ground, and South Carolina just seemingly doesn't have any answer. I mean, Tennessee, you know, I can't remember how many yards per carry they averaged, and and, and their ground-link game looked really good. Well, you get an off week and then ups next Florida in their ground game, uh, which I think will be pretty potent on Saturday.
2: Here's my question, AP, for you more important game for Beamer or Billy Napier? Because it's a home mm-hmm. game. This is supposed to be you know, – Beamer is supposed to win this, one, but he's so popular still over there. To me, it feels like all the pressure is on Billy Napier. I agree it's with that. a home game. Oh, I 100% agree with that because I think Napier could be out at the end of the year if a lot of these go against
1: him. This would be lost three. Um, they still going to play LSU. They're going to play Georgia, Florida State. And then there's no – you know, there's not a gimme when they play Missouri. Uh, you know, I mean, like – they got their other team from the West. I forget who that is, um, but either way, like Florida's got some some tough games ahead. So that, to me, again, I think that's why this game is massive. South Carolina, this would be what lost four.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. That's
0: that's a great point, Brent. And and both AP both said that they're, they're the love fest. Even though they've lost a couple of games with Beamer, still seems um, tangible where there was never. Any love with Billy Napier to start out with with Florida? You looked at their recruiting and what he brought in, and that didn't really excite anybody. And obviously, they haven't gotten a lot of juice uh, during the season outside of the Tennessee win, where Beamer has probably, you know, punched above his weight, I would say, and winning some football games at well, the, end of, the games end of
1: last year. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah and, and then stealing some uh, transfers and recruits, even though they lost some good transfers. Um, yeah, man, that's a great – that was a great question, Brent. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with the the pressure being on Billy Napier. They, I, even after the Tennessee game, and maybe this is just my perception, what's Florida's identity? Yeah, I mean, two years – Their zero, identity
1: yeah. is they own
2: Tennessee, but I'm not yeah. sure they own anybody else. That's true. I mean, Tennessee. you know – and I don't know the, that's
0: going to keep that guy's job very long.
2: It's because, because, you know, the old, what's the old Doug Dickey line? You're judged by who you beat your rivals. And Tennessee's one of them, which he had to have. But, I mean, the Florida fans want you to beat LSU, Florida State, Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure you're going to be competitive against those three teams, much less win that game. Here's the interesting thing about South Carolina. If offensively people start to figure them out, right, and, and, and there, there's, you know, if they've unlocked the code, if you will, on Spencer Rattler. What does is, what is that come back on Shane Beamer? Because hiring Dow Loggins, remember how defensive he was when he made that hire? Because he mm-hmm. hired him and everybody went, who? Like, where's this guy? What's the deal here? And if that doesn't go well, th- does the worm – he's not going to get fired, but does the popularity start to wane a little bit there? Because that's a hire everybody's going to question. Because, I mean, Spencer Rattler's pretty good. You know, and he got off to a great start, but how does he go once everybody's got a good book on him for the entire year in this offense?
1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Does it take a little bit of pressure off of him starting, what was it, two freshman offensive linemen? They were, they were pretty young up front. They had the transfer from, was it Yale, starting up front too? Um,
2: well, remember, he said three weeks ago, get your shots in on these guys now because you're not going to get them later in the year because we're going to be there. Okay. All right. You you better be there. Those guys better better take off because he he, he
1: said that publicly. Take your shots Um, now while you can. Which is why Josh Apple may not be an exciting quote, but he says nothing, which means that no one can come back later and say he said something stupid.
2: And takes Um, the most unbelievable pride in saying nothing of anything (laughs) he accomplishes as Tennessee's football coach.
1: Yeah. No, to quote the great Jesse Simonton, he has a lot of word salads, There's Not much substance there. There's um, No meat in the salad. So we flip it. Now we've got Missouri traveling to Kentucky. Another game where both teams are sitting there undefeated a week ago. And, you know, Missouri loses, you know, to LSU. Kentucky obviously goes on the road and gets hammered at Georgia. Who bounces back this week? We'll pick this one coming up later, but what will the keys be in a bounce back
2: for either team? Well, for me, I think the question is, can Missouri stop Kentucky's run game? Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think Missouri defensively showed a whole lot. And then on the flip side, where, where is Kentucky's defense after getting shredded in the secondary? I'm not real sure what um, uh, what what White's, Coach White's plan was in terms of defending Georgia. I mean, he basically let Carson Beck start 11 for 11 and get in the ultimate rhythm because he was playing 10 yards off the ball. So – where's Kentucky's defense after getting shredded and you've got a couple of other, you know, quirky things, right? I mean, you got, you got Mark Stoops up there talking about, you know, Kentucky fans need to pay more players because if if you want to beat Georgia, then buy me more players is basically what he's insinuating in a press conference. Right. You know, his name's going to surface for big 10 jobs a la Michigan state, um, all that kind of stuff up there. So I, I think this is a really interesting game between two teams that you knew they weren't as good as their record says they were, but after last week, now you really don't know what to think of them, right? Or at least I don't.
0: That's what – I mean, that's the feeling I got with this game. It's like, do we find out who really is a contender and who's a pretender in the East? You know, last week, Kentucky, very much pretender. And when I say in the, a contender or pretender, I mean for second place. There's only one real contender in the East. Uh, yeah, the, the the Mizzou offense, man. I, I was I was a little surprised by how well they played against LSU. Obviously, uh, on the air and even on the ground with the the. I know I'm trying not to butcher guys' name. Is it Schrader or Schroeder? Yeah, yeah, one of those two. Thanks, Brent. Uh, <laughs> Schroeder. Okay, but I mean, I, I was impressed with him too, man. They they, they their offense seems maybe more complete uh, with my, my boy O'Leary Leary uh, up there at Kentucky. Uh, and uh, But Ray Davis, man, can he – that's my thought, Brent. Can he be the equalizer? Can he slow things down? Can he keep Missouri's offense on the bench? Does he have a monster day like he did against Florida again? That, that's that, that's where I'm looking forward is, is, is can Kentucky keep Missouri's offense off the field? Because I don't know that when they come on after that Georgia game, after watching how Carson Beck carved them up, can can they slow Missouri down? That's a big question for me. Well, yeah. and we'll cook, we cook it
2: will cook be cooking. Yeah. And it so starts with say. Does Kentucky not commit stupid penalties to start the game to end two drives for them that got the game away from them before it ever got started? I mean, they never got settled into the game because their offense was moving the football till they did dumb things. So um, I don't know. This, this one's It's weird, it's, isn't it? It's weird because you thought you would learn something about both teams last week, AP. And I don't know that you learned anything about either one of them last week with what happened in their games. We, we learned that Shameless O'Leary is not very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will. Hey, I'll give you that, AP. The Leary kid it is not translated from two uh, years ago. Was it two years ago when he yeah. had this, the killer season at NC State? Nope. And he was somewhat average last year and he looks about the same this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm shocked. I thought Kentucky was my one team I thought would bounce back, right? Like I, they were so kind of pedestrian last year. Levis was. And you know, this year it's been more. I mean, you know, sound effects are free on the Ball at the Beast podcast. Um, but I mean, they it just—I it, it, don't know, man. I don't—I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if this is. I know we brought back Liam Cohen and, and all that, but like, I just feel like don't is it just, do you feel like that Stoops kind of like Kirby at times has too much of the thumb on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I, I just don't feel like they play loose. They almost play tight and play kind of too conservative. Your thoughts before we go, and and we got to get to the Tennessee game.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that by nature he wants to run the football, be physical, and lean on his defense. I think that's hard to do in this day and age of college. I agree. You just don't see a ton of of games. I mean, look. I mean, look at Texas and Oklahoma, right? I mean, they're slinging it all over the place and scoring points. The the good teams aren't winning. This is not the Ravens and um, Steelers. Steelers. You know, and whoever the quarterback was when they won the Super Bowl and scored twelve points a game, right? I mean, yeah, this is not the Trent Dilfer age of football. Um, lean on your lean on an unbelievable defense. I mean, the game is geared for the offense to have success, and I, I just think you got to be more open offensively and, and go at it more than than what Kentucky typically has been. And I mean, I think they thought they were going to be able to throw it better, but man, their passing game is just. Got zero pulse right now. They,
0: they they have not found a rhythm. I mean, this is two years ago, but since Wondell Robinson was there on offense. Yep, and he wasn't he was to do it all for them. What? And he wasn't a quarterback.
2: <laughs> no, but you know what I mean?
0: Like, and he's yeah. just a slot guy, but he did everything for him. Will Levis looked pedestrian last year. The Titans still took him in the second round. Oof.
1: All right. Now to the marquee game, as I see that crack in the and just have to jump in there before
0: somebody else tries to go down. You don't want to talk about the Titans' draft pick from the, <laughs> just go, just go right. the rabbit hole. Go
1: through that. Uh, Texas AM at Tennessee. Um, we'll pick this one coming up, or Paul will. We'll pick ours later on later in the week. But uh, you know, this is a game where you know Tennessee's checkering. Um, Eric Barry's gonna be in attendance. Uh, what are the odds that Swapper Boy makes an appearance? I'm going at probably ninety-seven percent
0: swiper boy golly AP, you're throwing it back there big guy, having eric in the house that'll be super cool Check her <laughs> it out i mean obviously tennessee's uh, i mean neyland stadium's been a difference maker the last two years when was the last time we could say that 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 tennessee filled the, the stands and they have been a difference maker um I, i'm really intrigued to see can tennessee's defensive line follow up what they did at south carolina and rattling Spencer Rattler and follow that up on Max Johnson. Uh, they gave up, was it five or six sacks to Bama this past Saturday? Um, and, and obviously Tennessee had uh, were able to get six sacks against Spencer Rattler. So I, I think that's a huge key to the game, given the inexperience of Max Johnson. Can they keep him kind of running for his life and um, keeping him off balance? Um, and, and can Tennessee establish any ground game? Um, we, we mentioned it earlier, Alabama with – I, th- I think 23 or 33 yards rushing last week. Uh, they sacked Millrove themselves four or five times. So can, can Tennessee stay on schedule? Do they are they able to not be in third and long? And let the the pass rusher from ANMT off on him. and, and somebody's outside is, is going to have to make some plays. Is this going to be a, a Ramel Keaton game where we're going to, you know, he's always seems to to come up with in those big moments when Tennessee needs him with a big catch? Will he have a big catch in the third or fourth quarter? Can Squirrel White get loose and 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 create um, a big play? The Castles kid, I'll be watching. I, I, I think he may. Can he be bounce to, back? What can he bounce back? Yeah, he and, and, and can get a couple of bad he, drops against. Them. But so he's able to make a play, I think. And and so I'll be interested to see can I think this is about can Tennessee pull off a couple of big plays and can they stay on schedule? That's I think that's a big key.
2: Yeah, I mean to me it's about your playmakers. Can you get the ball to your playmakers? Can you create plays with the playmakers vertically down the field? Because I think Texas AM is going to do what they did against Alabama. And they're going to say, hey, we'll see if you can throw it up and catch it on us. Um, which I was a little surprised given how Jalen Milrow had played. I would probably want him to read the field, play some, play some split safety and say, Hey, you know what? We'll let our defensive front slow down the run game. And we'll see if on third and eight, you can, you can throw it the right window and read the field the right way. Instead of continuing to play man-to-man coverage, like they played basically the whole second half. If they're going to do that, then this is where Joe Milton's arm and those receivers AP have to make connections. If they can't, it's going to be really hard for Tennessee to score if if A&M comes in with the mindset of we're loading the box to stop the run, uh, you know, and then we'll take our chances on the perimeter. If that's the case, Tennessee's got to make them pay on the perimeter. Yeah, agreed. Um, You know, I I think that there'll be some opportunities
1: there. And, you know, if Tennessee tries to do that, you know, do a lot of that screen game, you know, what happens first? Does does Texas A&M bust and Tennessee's band plays, or does Tennessee force one of those screens, that gets just scooped up on a you know by you know, DB bulleting downhill and and you know the other team's band plays. I mean I, I think that that's it, it's an interesting dynamic in the football game. You know how does LSU or LSU? How does a And M defend Tennessee? We all agree that you know South Carolina's offensive game plan against the Vols a couple of weeks ago maybe it was a bit of a head scratcher. Who's to say that this one isn't a head scratcher too? DJ Durkin. It's been against Josh Heupel before. Um, you know, and again, I'm not sure about A&M's offense. I think it's good, not great. I think their wide receivers are really good. Can Tennessee make sure nobody gets behind them and limit the big play? I think that's a big uh, telltale in this game as well.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, this is a big game for Joe Milton, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that any of us really mentioned it. We talked about the playmakers, but he's got to stand in there, not get the happy feet we talked about a couple weeks ago. And, and deliver the ball. I mean, this is a big game for him. He doesn't, I don't know that he's going to have to throw for 380 yards like, you know, Milroe did against Alabama, but he's going to have to make some plays, Brent, like you said. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, they, he made the plays against Clemson last year. Uh, he made enough plays against South Carolina, but I, I think this is, you know, definitely, I think this is a bigger test than even Florida. The, the, the Florida game was a, you know, at the swamp. Um, yeah. They got off to that fast start. It was a weird game. I think this is a huge test for him to, to to see can he stay composed. Can he? He can't have one of those slumps at the beginning of the game that we've seen him have. He, he can't go one for seven, one for eight, and they have to change how they play, call and and get those screens. AP, you were talking about where they don't go vertical. He needs to start off like he did against South Carolina game and hit a couple shots deep to really get them going. At least I, I think that's. That's the way they can loosen up this defense to open up some some lanes on the ground.
1: Yeah, and I still think Tennessee ultimately needs to be, you know, consistent in being able to run the football. Even if it's not there, you got to do it to keep the other team mm-hmm. exact a, a, extremely, uh, you know, aware of what you're trying to do. Let's get to the picks, but before we do, Paul, tell us about what's going on at, at White Insurance Services.
0: Yeah, in in the commercial insurance world, one uh, one January first is a really big date. Um, and that you have a lot of renewals and, and, and people looking for new business. And uh, I was just reading an article last week just about in the commercial insurance space. Um, renewals are up uh, anywhere between 15-20% for all lines of coverage. And right now, if, if you're starting to see the um, you know your insurance expense rise, we'd love to talk with you and see how we can lower that, not just by finding a new carrier, but also some risk management tactics that we know that carriers look at and value and, and, and lower their rates because of that. So we'd love to have a consultation call with you and tell you how we're a little bit different than your other insurance agents uh, in Tennessee. Like I mentioned, almost every week we have offices here in East Tennessee and middle Tennessee. and uh, But we go all over the state and really all over the Southeast. We have clients um, in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, all throughout the, the footprint of the SEC. So give us a call at 865-862-3997, or you can always just email me, Paul, at Wyatt Insurance, and we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, but if you request an in-person consultation, Paul will hop on the PJ and be to you in a GIF. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm joking. All right, now let's get to the picks. Um, we we kind of saw the records earlier, and that would be Paul and Brent are tied at the top, and I am That's one game back at fifty-one and ten. They are fifty-two and nine. If we take a look at the picks. We're all taking Georgia. We're all taking Alabama. We're all taking LSU over Auburn. But the mixture there is South Carolina and Florida and Missouri-Kentucky.
0: I like this. T- couple-game separation I see by the end of next weekend. I like it. I mean, the Florida game for me, I just I, – I think I trust Florida's ground game than I trust Spencer Rattler or anything that South Carolina does. And Brent, you mentioned their offensive coordinator and their coaching staff. I just – I don't know that I have a lot of trust in them to, to produce – I don't know, maybe 20, 26, 30 points against Florida, which is what I think they need. And again, that's not a it's not I'm not stamping Florida's offense. I just think that neither of these teams are great. And first one to score 28 probably wins. And I just have a little bit more confidence in Florida.
2: Yeah, I think for me, you know, I look to South Carolina just because they were coming off a bye week. I think they got a chance to get the Wells kid back, which would take a little pressure off Xavier Leggett. Mm-hmm. Uh, which gives them another weapon out there. Their offensive line's been a bit banged up. I think they'll get a little bit more back there, chance for those freshmen to catch their breath. Uh, you know, I just – I'm just not a, I'm just not a believer in where Florida is. I mean, they struggled against Charlotte, didn't, didn't exactly light it up in that game, um, didn't light it Florida up. They had a bye week Vanderbilt. last week too. You know, um, they played Vanderbilt. Yeah, They're bye them. week. Yeah, well, I mean, they gave up twenty-one points. It's a bye week, Brandon. I mean, bye week. Um, so I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know that either team is very good, but I'm just taking South Carolina because it's at home. Basically, I think it's, I think it's a pick'em game. AP.
1: Yeah, I, I agree that it's a pick'em game. I, I do think that South Carolina is more desperate for a win because a lo- fourth loss. granted, they would have lost to, you know, North Carolina and then the big, the big three in the East being Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida um, to this point in the season. But they still have some tough games ahead. Um, you know, for me, I, I just think South Carolina needs it more. I think they'll want it more, and they'll go try to get it. Whereas Florida could lose this game if be lost three. Say you lose the Georgia game, Florida State, and LSU, you still can get. There's still a path to six. It's harder to get to six for South Carolina if they suffer their fourth loss by the second week of October. And then for me, I'm going Missouri on the road, same as Paul. Hubbs is taking the home hometown Cats. Um, I just I, I just think the quarterback position for Missouri is a little more stable than Kentucky. I love, you know, Kentucky's ground game, but I think Missouri can do enough there to slow him down,
2: and Cook has really been playing well. I'm taking Kentucky because, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, this is Missouri's first real road game. Playing in St. Louis against Memphis doesn't count. I think they've been at the house for everything else. So what is the quarterback and what does that offensive play look like on the road? Uh, I think Kentucky has to get this game back. Um, And and I think Kentucky can line up and and run it on on Missouri's defense. Um, So I'm going to take Kentucky's defense bouncing back and, and Kentucky being able to control the ground and control the time of of possession. I think it's a low scoring kind of ugly night. I'll say this now, Luther burden's a heck of a football player at wide receiver for Missouri. Um, If, if they can get him the football Regularly, then Kentucky's got problems. I just think Kentucky's defense is going to bounce back after that embarrassment. I, I think I think Mark Stoops got a lot of pride in his defense. I just have a hard time seeing them get boat raced for a second straight week. I mean, uh, well, even coach, or is he going to stand outside the stadium with a bucket asking for nil dollars? I mean, <laughs> not, you know, I, mean, I think game. their ushers are going to walk up and down the aisle with a plate, and you know, with an offering plate. That's the point. Like, <laughs> while they're playing Oak, my old Kentucky home, they're going to pass the offering plate down
0: the aisle. I, man, I just. This is a styrofoam plate. It's not even real. <laughs> I, I'm the opposite. You're of, at Kroger. I, I think I, I, I like Mizzou's offense better than Kentucky, even though I like Kentucky's ground game. I really think Ray Davis is an excellent player, but I think Missouri can put up points and put them up quickly. And, um, the only thing that I, so I I originally picked Kentucky. I went back. I, I switched it to, earlier today to Mizzou. Again? No. I I wonder what the weather is. That's the one thing about Lexington.
1: It's when gonna it's be
0: a, gray. gray. Yeah, the sun never shines in Lexington, buddy. Never shines. That place is. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, I I, I I think I'm I'm going with Mizzou. Hey hey, here's a question. How close does Auburn? You don't even know
1: who was gonna compare you to, and you did <laughs> <Never mind. laughs>
0: I'm sorry never mind okay no. <laughs> Thanks, 46. Uh, <laughs> hey Auburn and LSU does Auburn keep it close like they did against Georgia I uh, know I'm gonna
1: take I just don't think Auburn defensively can get enough stops and they sure can't score enough offensively LSU is a legit offensive unit they just have no defense again if they had a defense I think they're
2: national championship caliber but they just don't but, hey it's a it's a Brian Kelly game. I mean, they gave up 31 to Arkansas. Yeah, but Arkansas offensively is just better than Auburn. I'm I agree. I agree. I agree. I, listen, I think LSU wins. I think they win comfortably. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm with I you, Brad. Really it really scares if, me. If you have any idea what you're getting out of LSU other than uh, the Daniels kid showing up with some toughness, I, you're you're – you should go put some lotto numbers down somewhere because I don't think you have any idea what you're getting out of LSU week to week. All right, one last thing before we get to, to Paul's Tennessee pick. And that's Nick, just just
1: beat the hell out of and put the hammer down and, and and just, you know, have bacon for the next week or two with Arkansas after they've shafted me the last couple of weeks in the picks. <laughs> All right. Tennessee and Texas closer, A&M. Than
0: expected. closer than expected.
1: T- Tennessee and Texas A and M. Paulie, who you take it, pal.
0: So there's only two teams in the SEC that rank in the top 25 in offense and defense, Georgia and the Vols. I think that's the difference. Tennessee's a little bit more balanced. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I don't trust Max Johnson on the road uh, in what will be, I'm expecting, an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, So, yeah, I I think Tennessee wins. I think they do enough on the ground. I think they make enough plays through the air. But I I think Tennessee's defense, I think we'll be talking about them uh, come Sunday and Monday next week that uh, they put a ton of pressure on Johnson, um, that they just didn't uh, – cre- that A&M wasn't able to score enough points. So I, I'm taking Tennessee, and uh, I, I think for, you know, two games in a row, you had the, uh, the blackout, uh, which was an awesome atmosphere, and now you're, you're going to checker Nealon, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to look cool on CBS. and um, So I'm a big fan of, of, of what Danny White and his team – have put together for game day atmosphere in, in Knoxville. It's a little bit different than than maybe five, six years ago when I was around a little bit more. It's, it's gotten a little bit more exciting, I would have to say. Thankfully, On with the on-field field product but the off-field products matching it, too. It's pretty cool. Paul, I hate to break it, Dan. It's not going to in church.
1: All right. He is hey, Paul <laughs> Fortenberry and Brent Hubs. I'm Austin Price. We'll be back next week with Week 8. This is it for Week 7 of the Ball with the Beast podcast, a trip around the Southeastern Conference